Amen. At the age of six years old, I began to feel my initial calling to the mission field. I remember standing in an altar with my hands raised very, very high. And I saw faces of people who didn't look like me. And I remember knowing I'm called to be a missionary. In that moment, I knew, God, you're calling me. And I'm going to go wherever you ask me to go. From June to December this past year, I spent time about 10,000 miles away from here in the Indian Ocean Islands. Let's have a moment of prayer and then you guys can be seated. <laughs> Jesus, we ask you to touch this service tonight, God. I ask you to be in this place with us tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can be seated. Joe, if you could show my first photo. The Indian Ocean Islands have six islands. It's off, right off the eastern coast of Africa, there are six islands. The islands are Madagascar, Mayotte, Reunion, Mauritius, Seychelles, and the Comoros Islands. I spent time in all but one of these islands over the last six months. They speak different languages in each and every island, from French to Malagasy to English to Creole. The islands are very diverse, the people are very diverse, and the religious climate of each island is very diverse. So I want to talk a little bit about each of the islands, starting with Madagascar. These islands are very small, they're relatively unheard of, but God hasn't forgotten about these people. Could you show my video, Joe? They do not hold back when they worship God. There is nothing quite like the way they worship. They dance, they jump up and down, they give their all in worship to their Lord and Savior, Jesus. Their worship is authentic, it is genuine, and it is beautiful. They are hungry for a real move of God. They do not hold anything back at the altar. Maybe we all need to give our all as well and worship Jesus. Madagascar, as you guys just saw, is an incredible place. It has a large chunk of my heart that belongs there. Throughout my months in Madagascar, I witnessed several thousand receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We held a youth conference, a general conference, and a crusade all of which resulting in many, many thousands receiving the Holy Ghost. But the crusade was a moment that changed my life forever. The crusade was geared towards people who had never heard the name of Jesus before. There was a couple who came on the crusade team from America, and she was a backslider from her childhood. Her and her husband got married while she was not in church, and then she started to come back to church. 
they started to talk about Madagascar and her church. And she said, you know, I think I really want to go there. And her husband said, I don't, but I'm going to go because you want to go. And so he saw it as a vacation opportunity. He came and he was like, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to see some lemurs. It's going to be a good time. But God had a different plan for his life. I remember I was sitting in one of the crusade services, and I happened to turn around, and I just saw him with tears streaming down his face. He's probably 60 years old. He had never felt God the way he felt God that day. Whenever they called the altar call, he was the first one to run down, and he received the gift of the Holy Ghost there in Madagascar, all because his wife wanted to go on a trip. God had bigger plans. That same service, 1,200 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost in one service. When God calls you to do something, he's going to equip you for it. When God asks you to go somewhere and you go, he will change your life just like that man. One of the largest struggles in Madagascar is that the Malagasy native people believe that their ancestors serve as an intermediary between God and the living people. They believe that their ancestors are how they speak to God. So every year they have a ceremony called Fama Diahana. Fama Diahana takes place once every year. They pull out their ancestors from the tomb. They unwrap and rewrap the bodies. And during this, they give their prayer requests to their ancestors as they dance around with the bodies, believing that that's how they speak to God. But don't we know that our God listens to us? He hears every word that we pray. He hears everything that we say. The Malagasy people are very traditional. They reject new methods of farming they reject all new ways of life out of respect for their ancestors. Madagascar, as you guys saw, is among the poorest nation in the world. Their typical salary amounts to about 50 US dollars. But the Malagasy people have a hunger for God. They depend on God because they need God. In Madagascar, I was given many ministry opportunities. I was able to preach and teach English and teach Bible studies. And like I said, I saw thousands receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was incredible. Another island in the Indian Ocean is the island of Reunion. Could you show my second photo? Reunion is a very beautiful place, as you see. And my next photo. It's known for its blue waters and the active volcanoes that are there. They speak French. During our time in Reunion, we held a youth conference. And we were able to meet many young people and encourage them by knowing that God speaks to people all over the world, that there are others living this life outside of their little island, and that God can move through and in them. Can you show my fourth photo? This was my translator, Kat. We were able to encourage her into knowing that she can do a work for God, even though she's young, even though she's in her 20s. God can move through her. The next island we went to was Seychelles. Seychelles is known for its tourism attractions. The islands are absolutely beautiful. Go ahead and show photo number six. 
We were only in Seychelles for about five days, but while we were there, many people were baptized and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Their church is small, but they're growing, and God is moving in Seychelles. The next island is Mauritius. Mauritius is primarily a Hindu nation, with about 50% of their population practicing Hinduism actively. Hindu people believe in thousands of gods. They perform rituals and sacrifices to fake idols. Go ahead and show photo seven. Just like this one. The idols are huge. The very first time I visited this Hindu temple was in 2019. While I was there, I saw a young woman who was praying to a fertility god. I didn't know with my ears what she was saying, but in my heart I knew that she was praying to this fake idol and asking this idol to help her have a baby. And I remember that my heart broke for her, knowing that there's a true God that hears and can answer her prayers. Mauritius is a very small island. It's only about 790 square miles from the whole island. Back in 2019, their Bible school unfortunately shut down. And it was inactive for about four years. But during our time there, there were meetings to reopen their Bible school. And a month after we left, they did. Go ahead and show photo eight. This was their first semester of classes at the Bible school in Mauritius. They just began their second semester of classes in February. Show photo nine. And they're already outgrowing their classroom. God is moving in the island of Mauritius. God hasn't overlooked the people of Mauritius. While we were in the island of Mauritius, the Lord spoke many things and performed miracles in the lives of others and in my life. If you know me well, you know that I have been allergic to shellfish since middle school. You know that every time somebody's spoon touched a piece of shellfish and then it touched me, I would go into an anaphylactic reaction. I had to carry an EpiPen around in my purse just in case somebody had shellfish and touched me or their food touched my food. One afternoon while we were in Mauritius, I was sitting at a table not feeling very well and I ordered some soup. And I was like, I'm just gonna eat this soup and it's gonna taste really good and I'm gonna feel better. And <laughs> I remember I was sitting there, I was about halfway through my soup and my friend Abby turned me and said, Lexi, have you had any of the wontons in this soup? I said, no. She said, well, they're filled with shrimp. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, I feel fine. The shellfish that had inevitably been through my whole bowl of soup had definitely gone into my body, and I was having no reaction. Just the day prior, I was joking with God, and I was saying, God, why did you call me to an island if I'm allergic to shrimp? Why? <laughs> Why? I don't understand. And I was joking and saying, God, wouldn't it be nice if you just, I don't know, healed me or something? I was like, if I didn't have to carry an EpiPen, that'd be pretty great. God healed my body. I have not. Since that day, I have not had one allergic reaction. Not a singular allergic reaction. I used to have them all of the time. God called me, so he equipped my physical body for what he's called me to do. 
I no longer have to carry an EpiPen in my purse just in case. I no longer have to be scared to eat food in a foreign country because God healed me. When God calls you, he equips you. It may seem like the smallest thing to to some, but God called you, so he will equip you. Next, we'll talk about Mayotte. Mayotte is a French territory that consists of mostly Muslim people. I didn't show photo 10. The lady in the yellow and the man in green, their names are Tiana and Uni. Tiana and Uni are missionaries sent from Madagascar to the nation of Mayotte. They, along with their 15-year-old daughter, sold all of their belongings, sold everything that they owned. They moved to a country they didn't know. They didn't speak the language. They didn't know a single person in the island of Mayotte. But God called them, so they went. While we were in Mayotte, we hosted an AYC group. During that AYC trip, two people were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. God is moving in Mayotte. God called Tiana and Uni to Mayotte, and he continues to equip and bless them as they follow the call. When God calls you, he will equip you. The remaining islands, there's some very exciting news about them that can't be shared too much. Go ahead and show photo 11. I didn't get to go to these islands because they're very, very dangerous. They're made up of primarily Muslim people, but the couple on the left here was called to these islands. They are currently there, they are making contacts, and they are sharing the gospel of Jesus in these islands. This is a post from the Indian Ocean Islands Instagram page. Contact has been made in this island. This is a huge victory. This is a testament that God will equip you when he calls you. God will keep you safe when he calls you. This is victory. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. This couple is answering Isaiah 6 and 8. Here I am, God, send me. Send me to the lost. Send me to the broken. Send me to the countries that don't want to learn about you. Send me to the countries that aren't safe. Send me to my grocery store, God. Send me to my workplace, God. Send me to the soul who needs you today. Send me to the broken. Send me, God. Being called by God in any capacity is answering Isaiah 6 and 8. Send me. When you answer the call of God on your life, you're saying, here I am, God. You can use me. You can send me. When you answer and you say, here I am, God, the call becomes your priority. When you say, send me to my local grocery store, that store becomes your personal mission field. Your workplace becomes your personal mission field. What if you walked into Publix tomorrow and said, here I am, God, send me. Send me to the person who's hurting today. Send me to the homeless person that needs more than just money. Send me to the family member I have that doesn't serve you, God. 
Send me to the homeless person, God. Send me, God, to those who need you. What if you treated the city of Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Northport, Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte as your here I am, God, send me. God, I'm walking through this city every day. Send me to the lost souls. What if every day when you walk into your workplace, your soul cried out, here I am, God. Send me to be a light to my coworkers. Send me to be a word that they need today. Let me touch my customers or my patients or the people I come in contact with. God has sent each and every one of you to the places that you go. If you're called to be a follower of Christ, you are sent. Treat every single place your feet touch as your own personal mission field. You will see God move when you do that. So I stand before you today ready to answer that call. Here I am, God, send me. And I pray that each of you are ready to answer that call with me today. God has called every one of us to his kingdom. Therefore, we are all sent. There are people in this world that you will come in contact with that I never will. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, it says, And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see. God called him out of the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Here am I. I don't know about you, but my goal is whenever God says, Lexi, Lexi, I want to say, here I am, God. I want to be ready when God whispers in my ear. I want to be ready to respond to where he is calling me to go. But how do we get to that point? We see in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. The disciples asked God, teach me to pray. They didn't say teach me how to pray. Teach me to pray. Teach me to pray when I don't want to. Teach me to pray when I don't feel like it. Teach me to pray when my pillow seems nicer than talking to you. Teach me to pray when I'm distracted. Teach me to pray. Give me a desire for prayer. Teach me to pray and not just to pray when I feel like it. When God teaches you to pray, you hear that still small voice. That voice that says, hey, Lexi, go pray for that person. Hey, why don't you go invite them to church? Hey, maybe you should pay for their groceries. That still small voice is refined when you learn to pray. We pray without ceasing. We pray always. And that's when we begin to feel the burden to go. God, teach me to pray. When God teaches us to pray, we see things through his lens and not through our own lens. In Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 6, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, 
They enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. When you're praying for revival, and God gives you an idea, maybe it's something you've tried before and it didn't work. Maybe the last time you felt the urgency to pray for somebody, they told you no. Maybe you're still beating yourself up because you didn't go pray for the last person that God asked you to pray for. Instead of giving God our excuses, we need to say, nevertheless, God, at thy word. I may have asked five other people if I could pray with them and they told me no, but you said to do it, so I'm going to do it again. I've tried it before, but nevertheless, at thy word, God. God, I don't understand, but at your word, I will answer. I will respond. When we trust the word of God, we begin to see his works in action. When we learn to pray, we know that we can trust God every step of the way. We trust him to align our steps to the people we are to meet, to guide our conversations. We trust God to guide each and every step that we take. We trust God with every single thing within us. When we hear a sudden word and we trust God, we respond. And we see situations like they saw in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. When we listen to the voice of God, the harvest is great, but the harvest follows obedience. The harvest we're seeking follows the, the obedience that God is expecting. The harvest requires an attitude of, here I am, God, send me. It requires action on our part. God speaks and does what only he can do, so that way he can move in us. Our theme this quarter is go beyond. Go beyond yourself. Go beyond your friend group. Go beyond and make disciples. Go beyond just listening to the words you hear and start following the instructions you're given. This is just the beginning of that. When God says, who will go? I want to be the first to say, here I am, send me. In Acts chapter 3, there's a story of Peter and John. They're going to the temple to pray. And they see a lame man at the gate. And he asks them for money. And they say, oh, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I do have. And that is Jesus. They lift out their right hand to him and lift him up. This man has never been able to walk a day in his life. And his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray. And that's when they came in contact with the lame man. This could have gone so many different ways if they hadn't obeyed. They could have been like, oh, man, this guy always wants money. He's always here. Or told him to go away. They could have called him names. They could have been like, I gave you money last week. They could have given him the few cents that might have been in their pocket. But they were obedient. They heard the voice of God say, go. So they went up and followed the instructions that God gave them. They went beyond themselves. They could have left him there begging for more, but they chose obedience. 
and God was faithful. Listening to God, God takes that willingness that you give him and he can perform miracles. God didn't ask them for something they didn't have. He asked them for a willing hand to reach out and pull this man up out of his wings. Body. I want to be so full of God that my first response isn't to give somebody money, it's to give somebody Jesus. When we submit ourselves wholly to what God can do, we will see the miraculous. Because Peter and John had a priority of prayer, they were sensitive to what God was leading them to do. And God was able to use their hand and perform a miracle. I may not have many material possessions. I may not have a lot of money to give. But I do have something, and that's Jesus. I do have a willing heart to do what God is asking me to do. We need to come before God and say, God, I give you full control. I want you to speak through me. Use my hands to glorify you. Allow every single thing that I do and every single step that I take to give you glory. Because I want to go forth in you, God. God, use me for your glory. We could respond like Moses did and tell God everything we believe to be true about why we can't do this. We can outline our unqualifying features. We can say, oh, but I don't have the time, God. Oh, but if I take that route to church, I'm going to be late. Oh, I just can't talk to anybody. I'm so shy. Oh, but I'm just a kid. I can't go there. I can't do that. These people might not like me. Whatever the reason you think it is that you can't do something, you can give those reasons to God. But it doesn't matter what disqualifies you. Because God qualifies the unqualified time and time again. Instead of being like Moses and giving all the reasons you can't do something, let's tell him we're going to give him everything we have. God isn't asking you for too much or something you don't have. He's asking you to use whatever you can give and allow it to be a tool in his kingdom. Peter and John had a hand to offer the lame man. And God used that right hand to pull a man out of a disease he was born with. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Then Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and he caught it. And it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Oh, but God, what if they don't believe me? He gave it to you, so speak it anyways. God is simply asking for your obedience. To go beyond, we extend past our earthly knowledge of what's going to happen, and we follow God's direction. Listen to his instructions, and he will fulfill all he has set before you. 
what would have happened if Moses refused to throw down the rod? But Moses listened, and his obedience is the only skill that was required by God. If you have obedience to the Lord, he will take anything in your hand and use it for his kingdom. But that doesn't mean the call is always going to be easy. Sometimes obedience to the Lord takes you places you never imagined. Sometimes you face situations that seem impossible or unfair. Sometimes it doesn't look as glamorous as you made it out in your head to be. Sometimes it would include seeing children banging on your taxi window asking you for food. Maybe it would take you into an operating room in an impossible situation with a girl in her young, her early 20s that doesn't know any hope for her situation. And all that you can do in that moment is take her hand and pray with her. Sometimes all you can do is ask God to intervene in this situation. But imagine the impact and the love of God that people feel when you are obedient to that call. Your heart may hurt looking at things from the outside, but knowing they felt the love of Jesus is so worthwhile. Sometimes the call of God is very exciting. It's when you see 50 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, or you see one person receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, or you see somebody get baptized in the name of Jesus. When you listen to God, he will guide every. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God knows every plan he has for us, which means I don't need to know them all. I want to challenge all of you tonight to follow the call of God. Let's go beyond and let God take us to the places he's trying to call us to. Take this as a call to action, to go. Go where God is calling you to go. This isn't just a sermon. This isn't just a pretty picture of a missions trip I took. This is a call to action. Go. Go where God is calling you to go. Will you go? Will you respond? If God says, who will go for me? Will you say, here I am, God. I'll go to that workplace. I'll go to that grocery store. I'll go to that community. Send me, God. Let's look at Isaiah 6, verse 8 again. But let's replace the word send with the word use. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I use, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, use me. Use me in spite of my flaws, in spite of every reason I know I shouldn't be able to do this, in spite of every mistake I've made in my past. Use me, God, because I know I'm nothing without you. Use me, God, do the qualifying, God. God uses the unqualified many times in the Bible. Moses had a stutter, and God still used him to speak to Pharaoh and free the Israelites from bondage. Moses wanted to give all the reasons he couldn't do it. Moses said, oh, but God, I have a stutter. Oh, 
God, I can't do this. When we give God the reasons we can't do something, he says, exactly. You can't do this, but I can. I'll do it for you. I'll do it through you. And that's when God gets all of the glory. When we remain close to God in prayer, he will do things through us that we couldn't do on our own. God uses the unqualified. Musicians, if you'd come. I'm not qualified on my own merits, but God is worthy of my obedience. In Acts chapter 4, verses 30 and 31, it says, By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. When the people prayed, they received boldness from God. But not only that, they saw the miraculous. If God did it in the book of Acts, he can do it today. When we pray, God will give us boldness. We'll find ourselves in a grocery store picking out some vegetables and then the next moment we're praying somebody through to the Holy Ghost. We'll find ourselves in situations we didn't think were possible because we were obedient. I want you to leave here with a challenge today. And the challenge is to go. View every situation you walk into as your own personal mission field. And remain close to God in prayer. And you will begin to see things like never before. Go beyond your understanding and step into the call of God. God is going to do mighty things through each and every person in here. But you must remain close in prayer and walk in ways of obedience to see that happen. When you walk in the ways of God and you make your life about his business, God will use you to do things you didn't think you could do. Answer the call of God and say, here I am, God, use me. Go beyond yourself to reach our city. Like these photos down here say, go ye therefore and make disciples. It is time to go. If everyone would stand with me. I want us all to raise our hands. You can come up to the altar or stay at your seats. But I want you to begin to ask God, where do you want me to go? Lead me to the people, to the jobs, to the places that you have for me, God. Go before me so that I can go. These altars are open.
and we all have a calling upon our life in an area and a place for God to use us. I know when the missionaries come in and we we see the pictures of people that we'll never meet, places that we'll never go, and and where we're excited to hear them do what they're doing and God using them. But we all have our own realm of influence. You meet people that I will never meet. You go places I never go and vice versa. And so in one aspect, if we begin to look, change the way we look at people and look at us, we're all a, we're all a missionary. Everywhere we go is a mission field. We don't have to wait for every few months to hear somebody come back to the States, but uh, our country is a mission field, and our city and our neighborhood is a mission field. And, and if you're not going to reach your neighbor, we can't expect me to come reach your neighbor, right? We all have a place of influence that we can all can do, and we go beyond what we're used to, and we can begin to see God do great things through us. Amen. And we can, then we in turn can give these great reports, right, of what God is doing. Amen. I know God has a plan for every one of us. Amen. We take a step at a time. Amen. We'll get there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Lexi, for, for your message tonight. Amen. And for your burden for the Lord and his kingdom. Amen. And she's prepared uh, a little display out there. Amen. Let's, let's bless her in any way we can. Amen. God bless you all. Just miss night in Jesus' name.